business of sports was working while I was young. And when I got out, I started seeing things that I believe were inefficiencies on in our industry. Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast. This is Jordan, to the business disruption, technology, media, all different kinds of things. We are here again on Radio Row, Super Bowl, in the... I forgot where we were for a second, Scott. Mandalay Bay. At the end of the first very long day. He got disrupted. I got disrupted. I am Joe Favorito, once again with Scott Rosser, and we're going to talk a little bit NIL and AI stuff, which we haven't done yet today, and we'll be interested in discussion with our two students. Yeah, absolutely. So with us today, Kenyon Rashid, Brian Jones. So, former. I guess it was big. It was a big twelve. It wasn't big twelve right at the time. It was big eight. Well, it was numbers. Yeah, right. it, was, it was big. Yeah, eight. It was big eight. I was Southwest Conference. It, it was right. Yeah. You were at USWC, right? Yeah. So a, a, a University of Texas guy and an OU Sooner playing. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. Can't stand him sometimes. So so wait a second. So before we get, how do you guys get together? Right. I mean. You know, it's not the Cotton Bowl, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't want. We didn't want there a couple times. We didn't want to talk to him about that. I can tell you that. He, he didn't want to talk to me after the Cotton Bowl uh, affairs. Uh, I went back to school after the NFL spit me out and was working on my degree and happened to be playing in a charity basketball game. This dude was there, and we got to talking about everything he was in which he was involved and. He asked me if I wanted to join him on some of these trips. He was working in the, the tech space, doing some sports marketing, business development. So I started piling around with him, traveling all over the place as the tech bubble was bursting. But it was very educational, and it definitely expanded my purview of what was going on, not just in the tech sector, but how it was applicable to the sports world. And, and so I can't thank him enough for pulling me out of my sports broadcasting bubble, although I still do that, and I've at, at a high level. At, 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 you're being a little modest here, right? Well, thank you, Scott. Um, but he definitely opened my eyes and ears to other ventures, and the reason why we're here today, our, our company, Edge3.ia, partnered with IBM Watson X to power our engines. And so it's been a great ride, and even better things are happening as we sit here today. So, can you tell us about the entrepreneurship? Excuse me, you guys obviously got together and this church. How did that all come about? Well, I think I've always kind of looked at things differently as an actor. So, being on the inside, playing for the Giants, I was more inquisitive in how the business worked, so how sponsors our media and I was one of the first interns for player programs at the NFL about going down talking to Ben Burner and saying, I want to know how you guys are able to pay somebody a million dollars and not know his name. Uh, and so it really started to teach me how the business of sports was working while I was young. And when I got out, I started seeing things that I believe were inefficiencies on in in our industry. Starting with a real-time play-by-play system called Sports Action that I saw in 1999, which allowed you to bet each play. It was out here in Las Vegas. This is probably a fantasy. Yeah. I took it to five companies, one being the NFL, the NBA, and having to take it to CompuCat. 
Uh, guy by the name of Chuck Blazer. Now, this what I tell you. Most people would never connect Kenyon Rasheed to Chuck Blazer. I never. I, 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 not in maybe like At the time, I was trying. I didn't understand how he was conducting business. I just knew he was at the top of Trump Tower. The DJ would ask questions, and we started to figure out how things actually work. Well, he ended up buying a real-time bet, uh, play-by-play betting system, social media, did that. Then someone came to me and said, hey, man, I got a health smart card. I want to put family's medical information on a card. I looked at it and said, DJ, what, what are trainers taking out when we go on the road? How do they know what medical records about ours that can't take them with us? So let's start to look at it. And we found out about HIPAA. So we introduced HIPAA to the NFL to say, if you are treating players at the facility, giving them medications, and seeing them, they are a health facility. So you have to adhere to the same privacy laws. Technology that we develop are all driven by inefficiency in the marketplace like that. And now we have fast forwarded to a place called recruiting in 2024. With NIL, transfer portal, realignment, all of these things happening in two sides trying to figure out how do we come together. What we're doing is developing tools to make them find each other a little bit better for sustainable relationships. So, so talk to us about Edge 3, because this is, you know, we, we talk about NIL, you just mentioned it, it's, you know, obviously one of the hottest topics uh, in all of sports, let alone intercollegiate athletics. Um, you know, we're, we're still at the very early phases uh, and early stages of NIL. Uh, where we are now is most likely not where we're going to be. No one, 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 way, one way or the other. What does Edge 3 do? We, over our lifespan as athletes, have been inundated with questions about how to navigate this space. What questions to ask recruiters. We didn't know what questions to ask recruiters. We were just stoked and, and caught up in all the fanfare being much heralded guys who were being called upon by all these different high-profile institutions. So we endeavored to build a platform that can help athletes, coaches, parents make better informed decisions. That's what Edge 3 does. That's the objective of Edge 3, to aggregate all this data that's out there. Including NIL data. Including NIL data in one place where the athlete can go and find, inform themselves on whole host of data points about an institution, who's in that position room, how does that coach coach, does, is that a fit for my personality? On the flip, the coach can now get more insight on the player. You have the one threes, the 24-7s, and we're not denigrating them, or, but we but are trying are to, media companies. they are more media companies than they are sports companies, uh, and, and so we along with our other partners, Will Anderson Jr., who's the number three pick of the Houston Texans a year ago, Warren Sapp, Gary Payne, Horace Grant, Jonathan Hayes, coached a long time in the NFL, played a long time in the NFL. And I mentioned those basketball guys because that's the next foray is into basketball. But the main objective is to aggregate this information and have – give people access to that information to make better decisions and to mitigate the risk the coaches are now taking on in this world of NIL. So if you sign somebody for $4 million and that player doesn't pan out, I'm pretty sure somebody's going to ask you, 
we made that decision. Right. What we want to say is we want to give you tools to understand why you made those decisions and understand that NIL can mean a lot of different things because it's a self-reported tool that no one is verifying. Well, so, and, and, that, and that's like my, exactly the direction I was heading. So we talk about having better data points and everything else, but right now there's a lot of what we would call obfuscation in the marketplace, right? So no one really knows. So in a lot of the deals that are being reported are being reported by agents who have their own self-interest in mind, right? Where it's, hey, I got a kid seven figures, right? A million bucks. Where the reality is that it was way, way less than that. You got someone else like, nah, man, it wasn't a million. It was, exactly. It was 100K, right? They added a zero, right? So what, how do you make that data better? Because you're working with data, but like the data you're getting is inherently unreliable. How do you make that data more reliable? So you determine roster value against NIL value. Okay. NIL value is your public score. It's what everyone is reporting on, but we can't verify. But what we can verify is taking your metrics, understanding where you do, where you come from, and then taking a historical view of that to figure out from that team at that time, from that coach and that system, what is your value to that roster? Given scholarship, uh, uh, cost of living, all of the different metrics that we now can prove we know exist and give that to both sides. Your roster value might be different at a different state, different school than the other. And so you're placing fair market value on all the players based on their position, based on history. And and so when you think about that, then are you relying, does part of this then rely on the data that the schools are reporting through their, you know, equity and athletics disclosure acts? Like, how do you know? So if you think about this, right, to make this determination on how much an athlete is worth at the college level, or at any level, but really we think about this marginal revenue product, right? Mm-hmm. So the athlete's contribution, which is really what you're doing, determining the athlete's contribution to the team's bottom line. Yep. Okay. How do you do that? You, I guess you're assuming that that data, that marginal revenue, or the revenue that they're reporting for the Michigan football team is reliable real data. Well, that's where AI comes in. <laughs> because AI has, is built on machine models by asking the right question to get the right answer. The problem we have is there's too much data. There's too much technology and we don't have experts, subject matter experts, who can pull out what is important to a decision maker. AI means absolutely nothing if we don't have the data in. It's garbage. Instead of coming out and saying, hey, you know, the ranking systems that we see today are irrelevant or invalid. We could say that because we have the data on the back end to prove based on what success looks like. We're saying if that's the data that you're looking at, let us show you the difference that you have across all of this that you have to figure out as a coach. Let us show you as an athlete all of the differences that they have on you so you understand what they're looking at. And if we get a chance to actually talk to you with the right people to ask you the right questions on both sides, we can make a better alliance. So talk a little bit about the revenue stream. How does the business work? Who is, is it the schools, agents, parents who pay a fee into the system to extract the data? How, how does the business work? And then how has it been received so well, I can tell you, it didn't start out with Ray Ray. No, it has been many iterations. As BJ will tell you, you know, I don't like to predict things. I like to go out and prove them and 
and then come back and tell you what's working, what didn't. We started out with Will Anderson. We didn't know what we could provide the Will and his family. We didn't promise anything. We didn't we promise anything. We didn't charge anything. We gave you a little insight into the process, into the NIL deals. Because they were getting just your standard deals, standard uh, programming or, or creation of events, autograph signing, you know, legacy models, things of that nature. And we said, no. Let's put, let's put you on Paul Feinbaum. Yep. Not as Alabama, right. but as Will Anderson. And then we're going to start calling you an edge rusher because we know on the other side of this that defensively on your salary cap, that is the number one paid position. And then we're going to take all the articles, that is all the part of this, that was written on you. So when a brand tells you you only worth $5,000, we can show them the audience that you actually reach. And COA was not able to do this. We were able to teach the parents how to do this because we are activating NIL every day. What we're doing here is NIL. What I ask college people is what is name, image, and likeness to you? Because what you think it is is not necessarily how we activate. So so what do they think it is? They think it is, you give me some money. Thank you. Use my name and good luck making your money back. Which is not a sustainable model. And that's why you see some uh, regression in NIL. I noticed it this past summer at the media day. When it first came online <laughs> two years ago, everyone was flashing their fancy shoes and suits and jewelry. This past season, there's only about a handful of guys that were out there with their Christian because these dudes is rolling and this is what I'm saying when when NIL was introduced and this is kind of going back to the business side right so I started looking at schools and payments so we were getting financial information understanding your college athletic departments even though we're generating X amount of revenue but the models were not sustainable so we saw Oklahoma and Texas alma models needing to make a break to go get more money. Who knows that as an athlete? I might assign to go to Oklahoma to play against Kansas next year. Right now, I mean, USC and UCLA, I got to go to Rutgers in December. You know what I mean? Can't yeah, take that. jersey is beautiful. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But you're still in California. That's my people. In December, I'm glad the season's over and I'm out of here. You know? So it's all of these things going out, and we actually taking the time to go out with recruits. So I've been on a high school recruiting visit with an eighth grader. I've been on a college recruiting visit with an 11th grader. I have been with Will Anderson talking to Clutch Sports. We work with retired athletes, so I have a purview of the start and the finish. What I'm saying is, if we can't take athletes and help people along those decision-making influx points, and then teach people how this model actually really works from our perspective, which is I am at the core of everything that I'm talking about, an athlete. That means I would never ask him to do something that I wouldn't want to do, that I didn't believe had value. And believe that we can teach other athletes doing this by bringing them in, letting them have tools to make quick decisions. But yet, when you get a chance to ask us a question about, I don't know, should I sign with this book? Our deal is supposed to be structured. Uh, what's an agent do? What's a financial planner do? What's a business manager do? What is crypto? Should I do? You can keep going. Sure. You live around it. Yeah. So it's funny you mention that because the other side of this, I would imagine, is So you talk about NIL and the 
keep waiting to hear what the ROI is for them when they quote invest. So if you look at the college football championship game, there was one commercial that was done by Celsius that had an NIL athlete. If you look at this here, last year there was one athlete, uh, Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, was the only one who came here to take advantage of it. So where is the business model? This makes sense, I would imagine, for what you're putting together in a very real, real-time situation. You could put together a lot of the brands and say, this is what I want to spend. And by the way, oh, we're going to get this back as opposed to just throwing cash at something. The, the, the model is the activation of the athlete. How do you utilize that athlete? How does that athlete impress upon that brand? This is how to utilize it. That's where we come in. We know what sells and, and how the athlete operates and how they go about their business. And we want to make sure we marry that to the right brand. And don't just go with any brand. I can tell you how many times we push back on brands and no, he can't say that. He doesn't talk like that. So it, it has to align for there to be a match made in heaven and in fact said ROI. So that's the key. And I can't tell you how many times we've been in meetings and this is what we do in our, our core business is we go in and we assess the landscape. I want to know where your business is at. I want to know where your challenges are. When we sat in and with the University of Texas and they shared some information that the rest of the world was not privy to. We were taken aback, but now that gave us a, a, an idea of what we had to, as far as the roadmap, uh, how we needed to uh, affect change in that athletic department. And one was, first of all, you can't see yourself as an athletic department anymore. Not in this day and age, you're an entertainment division. And that's how we view you. So you need to upgrade or disrupt your current business model and think more like an entertainment entity. So that's the key, and that's how we activate our athletes. First, identify the, the right athlete for the marketing campaign. And then we try to shy away from legacy marketing deals. I mentioned the, the, the autograph signing and things of that nature. That's boring. Some people might still enjoy it, but as an athlete, I wouldn't enjoy it. Yeah. So, right, right, it's stable, it's stable. So, right. let me one more point, because I want to get one last question before we know we got to let these guys go. I can sit here all day, I mean, literally. Um, so, so, a couple points over that. One is that um, listening to the athletes, it seems like you guys spend a lot of time doing that, which has been lost. So, you know what their skills are and what they aren't. And then, you would imagine through the programs you have, you can say, wait a minute, did you just say you're interested in um, STEM? So, let's go find a STEM company as opposed to just doing, you know, the regular deal. That's incredibly valuable. But from the business perspective, so your business going forward, is it a white label business or is it a commercial business that you're trying to put out there that, that you know people can, can just take advantage of? It's a commercial business. So we have a B2B model for athletic departments. It's lead generation. What I believe is that we initially started to sell this to athletes and families. Acquisition was too difficult. We are in our 50s. I raised three Division One athletes and have went through the travel and spent all the money and I can tell you, I'm not going on there paying $9.99 for something I don't really understand. So what we are trying to do first is get the world to understand. That's what they're looking at, guys. Like, this is the line. Like, you run a 5 one, you think you're playing in Alabama. They gave you a lot. But what we learned is that most people in Alabama don't run a 5-1 and we have to pay the proof. So let's start there, and then let's build off of that. 
At the same time, there's going to be transactional points that you're going to need information. You're going to need access to intelligence. So, for example, you got a kid on there, and I'll just say he ran a 5 Dad wanted to know what does he need to do to get back. You put one on SAP. One SAP on Wait, you say he ran a 5-8? You heard it correctly. Okay. Offensive line. Okay. Still. Yeah. What, what we said is Warren was able to give that kid a plan that the dad went out and bought a dummy that Warren told him on a Zoom to go buy for his kid to be better because he's Warren SAP. What I told Warren is you just drove a transaction. Yeah. So we did it in a context of bringing it to an audience that actually needs it. And if we can show that, we believe that we can get a, a, enough transactional marketplace that, say, you need digital marketing services, you need to know how to target schools. Most kids are not getting recruited by the schools, they're recruiting the school. So I am now a seller of my services. How do I identify who buys my services? So I, I, I thought about this a lot on the back end, right? So you're talking about the beginning of the recruiting journey, mm-hmm. right? I thought about it in that context, but on the back end as well, right? There's a body of academic literature that talks about when it makes sense to turn pro, right? Mm-hmm. And, and when to declare and when to when to stay. Um, have you got, I mean, you're so new. Have you gotten to that point yet? We did the back end with Will Anderson. Oh, okay. Season okay. Ago. okay. okay. Yes. So, so when you think about it, okay, there's, there's got to be a moment, so if you think about the junior, um, and if you get the basketball team before that, but if you think about the junior in football who's making that stay, go, decision. Right. And so there's obviously a, a moment, depending on the round that you're picked in. You know, if I recall correct, you, you were not drafted. You were drafted around that doesn't exist anymore, right? Um, so, 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 right. I was, I was undrafted as well, right? Absolutely. But you think about, hey, there's this NIL money. I was, you know, I could have been the sixth string kicker Thank if we were submission, right? Um, arguably, there's NIL money. There's a value to that, not much. I ran faster than a 5D, by the way. Um, <laughs> that was the biggest thing. Well, I'll tell you a different story for another time. This is the best part about my kicking ability is I was thinking, bro. Um, <laughs> you had a lot of kicks blocked. <laughs> a lot of kicks blocked, right? For sure. No, but in all seriousness, so we think about that. There's, so there's got to be this, this, essentially, this NIL inflection point where you say, if I make this amount of money in NIL, yep. then I should stay plus. In that, or if not, I should go. But plus, do you factor in it at any point the future value of the college degree? No. Of having the degree at that point <laughs> on, on, on future earnings? So, do you think about the larger calculus? Uh, so, we haven't added that part. Now, yeah. I would say when I started to lead with that part. Yep. But let me just tell you no recruit. Right. Like, it's almost no, like a no, 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 no. So They're looking to try to find out, should I go to the college? Should I go to the, the college? Should I go to the G League? Right. Should I go overseas? Right. And as you got to the basketball, right? It's the yeah. earlier and earlier. And so all of these financial models are college and what I consider business decisions. It used to okay. be I'm making an emotional decision. So let's try to give you tools to do that. Because I was a free agent. I'll give you an example. I had a chance to sign with the Giants, uh, the Chiefs and the Broncos. My agent brought me all three teams. I said, well, this, this thing was, the Broncos are paying you the most money. I said, really? I said, well, who's the coach? So I chose Dan Reeves because I knew Dan Reeves was a 30th round pick. He was a running back. And if anybody was going to give a free agent running back a shot, it probably would be Dan Reeves. That's exactly. You, I mean, that is data. All 32 teams have the same color money, right? Yes. So, so you, you pick the team where you have the best chance to make it. Not, the, not I mean that's that to me. I mean that's I've advised 
Okay, see so, on, on the same thing. Who, who cares what team you play for? You just want to make sure you play for a team. Exactly, and, and then you could drill deeper. What type of temperament do I possess, and yeah, does that yeah. jive with the coach and how he goes about coaching his team? But isn't it also scheme as well? Well, that's so that's what we have enough data to take scheme. Play zone blitz, man yes. blitz, so right. that, that man block zone block. Those, right. okay. those those metrics will always be there. You know, the, the scheme concepts and things of that nature. You know, I was a middle linebacker playing in a. Well, 50 defense was scoring to me, right? And, and but I had to learn how to play it, but it wasn't ideal. Uh, so that's gonna always be there, schemes and things of that nature. But personality, it's the coaching tree. You know, how many guys has this guy coached that have gone to the league? How many guys can play kids. my position that that can vouch for this coach? Right? Yeah. Is, is he is he a yeller? Is he a teacher? Yeah. And I've had all all types. The teachers are the ones that I revere the most, of course. Thank you. As a, as a teacher, <laughs> how, Professor, I, 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 that comment I, I appreciate that. <laughs> that would be redacted from that. <laughs> uh, so, no, but, but have you done anything? We sit here and say, I've been remiss in not asking this question. We sit here and say, a national girls and women in sports, thing, right? Have you done anything in with, with female athletes at this yes. juncture? Yes, um, I did. Uh, 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 we did an athlete podcast with his daughter and Jonathan Hayes, who we mentioned earlier, who's a partner. His daughter's a basketball player at the University of Cincinnati. His daughter plays soccer at uh, Oregon State. Uh, what, what was it? Uh, athletes. Uh, half an athlete. Half an athlete. They just talked about their challenges as female athletes. We also advised Ryland Turner, who was just drafted by the National Women's uh, Soccer League. Yeah. So and she the was first, our first client. First Nike athlete. What about first female? Interesting. Yeah. You guys said something at the beginning. This is more philosophical. We talked about where you went to school and how, how you went. We are now in a transfer program situation. Those are the Rutgers game, Rutgers basketball game. Earlier this year, when there was a young man playing for Rutgers. In his sixth year, and when you look at the model, there are five schools. So now that you look at athletes that you're advising after they're finishing their career, what's, what do you tell them? How important is that game for them? Because you guys know who you are and what you stood for, yet the transfer portal has wrecked all of that. And, and I worry about the long-term damage for these young people because they will have no idea. They don't know whether they were a Michigan kid or a Texas kid. Uh, how, does that factor into it? And just as, as parents and advisors, how do you, what do you tell them? Well, we have that same concern that we'd rather some sit and, and grow where they are. I transfer. I started out at UCLA. And I didn't transfer because of the lack of playing time. I actually took a pay cut. You couldn't get in Oklahoma's academic standards is a little too high. So, nor did I, 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 so I, 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 I want to go to Oklahoma. Never, never would. I know that. Yeah, they, you roll, you drive through campus, roll your window down, they throw a degree. That's how they, they get it done. Well, that, well that was one of your partner's comments. Right? They're going to say the schools. Did you did you earn your degree? Did you earn your? No, but they gave it to me anyway. Right, right? Yeah. there it is. I, there, I, there's concern. I'm a big proponent of the transfer portal. Coaches can move about the country. Why not the kids? But yes, it is just gone bonkers. Uh, and, and, and there needs to be some guardrails around that. They're, they're attempting to implement those. But I would. The kids need to understand what we learned when we were young. You don't leave a job unless you got another job right. lined up. Right. So you have those well, kids languishing. The yes, there's right. so many kids so languishing right. in that portal. And, 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 and certainly yeah, when you transfer the grass, it's always greener on the other side. Sometimes the weeds are deeper. And I would hope that there are people with 
in their lives that would tell them, just sit still and, 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 and My mama fight down here. Yeah. Where are you going? We came down to Oklahoma to play football and go to school. So we got put on probation. We had a shooting on right. campus. This is all my freshman year. I was going to transfer. I think today what we're seeing is kids just have a, it's a microcosm of what we've created around fantasy sports. Like, we used to have favorite teams. My son is a LeBron James fan. I've got a Cleveland Cavalier jersey, a Miami Heat jersey, and a Laker jersey. I thought we were still rooting for the Heat when he went to the Lakers. He's like, nah, we over to the Lakers. Like, that's how they're taught to think, and that's they're following fantasy teams. They're not following teams. They're following individual players. So why would we think they would think any different when it came to transferring in schools? The thought process is the same. So, but they're also taught at a young age, everyone gets a trophy. And so if I'm yeah, not getting my trophy at this institution, I'm going to take my ball and <laughs> play elsewhere. So yet, yet you're going more from losing than you're Yeah, absolutely. But, but we think about this, and then it hits that. So you know, we talk to, we have the opportunity, as you do, to talk to a lot of college coaches um, who are very happy for the student athletes who are able to really earn the money that is long been long overdue from an NIL perspective. But at the same time, there's a lamentation that's occurring over what's been lost in the growth period, the personal growth period from their collegiate athletics. They're coached differently, perhaps more humanely, but they're coached differently. You're recruiting your own kids from the moment you get them on the campus, right? Um, you're playing them before they're ready. To keep them, to try to keep the student athletes happy, um, is that? I mean, are we being penny wise and dollar foolish? Oh, it's no doubt, and and, and it, that's not sustainable uh, because these kids need to understand. As we learn, I had a coach that says, "You might as well make your mind up to be a football player because there are going to be plenty of opportunities to quit," and that's not being taught at a young age. Once again, going back to everyone gets a trophy. You got to make sure everybody, every kid is happy. That's bull duty. You do learn more. There are games that still haunt me from little league to this day. So, but that was the fuel to get better. When I didn't make the All Star team in little league, get better so you can make it the, the next season. So there are a lot of lessons that are being lost, and I don't, I can't think of a better teacher other than you, Scott. Then sports. That's where a lot of during your formative years, you learn of who am I? And when you have to go through tough times, how do you press through those moments? And now that translates to life. Now, in business or personal affairs, what I learned on that playing field, on that court, on that baseball diamond, helps me in those areas. And I, I agree with you. But when you think about it, because we get into this point that we're when the going gets tough to tough end of the court. Here's, here's what right. I say. My daughter, I, mean, I worry about that. My right. daughter called me and said, Dad, I want to train. Well, tell me about the transfer. Now, had I not played, and she's at Oregon State. When she said she wasn't playing, she wasn't happy. Now, I can hear you, 80% of parents would have said, Son, you're right. Coach came in, didn't, didn't recruit you. You know what? Let's put our name in the court. What I said is, there's somebody else out there guaranteed to give you money. And I did that based on the experience of understanding how this industry works. Now, when my kids were six years old, and it was about giving people trophies, what I told them is, I'm going to coach my kids because I want them to learn the right way. So what I said is, that's athlete intelligence. Because as I'm talking to all of these players that got kids, they're telling their kids the same thing, and they act different to a coach. 
they handle adversity differently. So when I talk about athlete intelligence, I'm talking about that. Because that's what athletes if I don't know a professional athlete in my community, if I don't know someone that's been through this, where am I going to get my information? A 707 coach that didn't make it. Right. Uh, AAU coach that's getting paid by Adidas and we just showed up for the week. Under Armour and everything. And now coaches are coming in saying, okay, you've got a 707 tournament. I see you guys against each other. i got to give you an offer. Because if I don't give you an offer by the time you're a sophomore, you'll never come here. Even though a lot could change between now and then. And those offers aren't necessarily worth the paper that are Well, how do we know that? Let's talk about data. If you have in a class 25 offers out in right. two scholarships, probably means somebody is not going to get a scholarship. Right. All we're going to do is show you they got 25 offers, they got two scholarships. By the way, this is what they're getting on the transfer court. Because now a coach has to, within 48 hours, decide should I go for this transfer portal guy or keep recruiting this kid and spend this money on this plane and bringing him in and doing all that, or should I go get a 2-2 year? What I ask people is, what's the average age of the starter on your team? Because if you question. tell me at 19 years old, I'm going to come in and start, and your average starter is 23, I don't know. Maybe you got to go. Yeah. I got to be exceptional. You got to be ex- exceptionally special, and that's what the coaches have shared with us, and, and we have listen to them and, and, and their input is part of our, our platform once again going back to sitting down and learning where the inefficiencies are but they have, have, have shared that you going to play as a freshman Downs kid who just transferred to Ohio State right. from Alabama son of Gary Downs my teammate yep. who runs just like him looks just like him and is the least two NFL sons using athlete intelligence knew how to train it. He knew, knew, knew what to expect going in. He wasn't blind like a lot of us were when we went in. And we were de-recruited. Right. To your point, now you have to re-recruit the same guys I just recruited a year ago or two years ago to keep them on the farm. So that's the, the, the big difference in the game today. And that athlete intelligence is what we are trying to impress upon the athletes and the schools. And the schools. Yeah. Yes. Right. We should be when you say NIL, I look at Altus Hawkins and, and Learfield and all the companies, and I say, you guys are putting guys on campus to go sell young athletes to restaurants. Have they ever activated an athlete? No. Okay, so maybe why this, this is not going to work. How about you bring in some athletes who have worked with restaurants before that have seen success models, and maybe you use them because we are sitting here, Right? I'm King Iron Machine. Don't nobody know who I am. They know Brian James. Don't know Brian Jones because he's in front of CBS. No one knows he's been business partners for 23 years. Everything that I know, he knows. Everything that he knows, I now know. If we ever put this together and created a network that had the ability to talk to those who need it, what could we benefit? What could we share? And what we're learning is we can share a lot about what we did, but also what is going on today and how we can create and help you by develop tools thanks to IBM and Watson X because we can't figure all of this out. We can't translate all of this data. But we believe that if we can actually pull people together to put things in this that we know are right, kids will find it if we know how to talk to them. Like, it's not whether we have the right answer or right or wrong, but they don't listen to it. We do it. Go. 
So why would you expect a 22-year-old to listen about money and finance when I've never had money and finance? Right. But if it's not relevant to you, then, yeah. then it's not relevant. It's not your frame of reference. So right? that, and, our, and you know, we're, we're trying to manage those expectations as well. Kenya made the point earlier, you know, five, six, Hundred and seventy pounds. Texas probably ain't gonna be calling. Uh, so five seven and a half. Okay. Uh, excuse me, Scott. Uh, if you five seven and a half and already bald headed uh, at seventeen, uh, you probably too old. <laughs> but, but my kid is putting down Central Michigan. This is and we right. have data because I've I've polled kids. Like, give me your top three schools: Duke, Oklahoma, Texas. <laughs> And you're looking like, okay. Yeah, no, one, no one's putting directional state. Right. Right. No, and parents are like, yeah, I'm going to fly. We're going to fly to the Oklahoma camp. Right. So you think your kid can play? I can't tell you you uh, can't, but let me at least show you who plays at Oklahoma. You're, uh, as, yes, I, and I've seen this. I'm seeing it now in non-revenue sports with uh, with friends and family. And um, you know, I had a well-to-do guy. His son reached out and wanted me to introduce him to the running back coach. Text. What am I gonna say? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. You ain't got a snowball's chance, and you know what? To play a tag. And I don't want to douse your dreams. Of course not. I put him down lightly, though. I don't think I can make that call because it wouldn't be beneficial for you, nor would it be beneficial for me, and I'd probably lose that contact. Right. Um, last question for me. You guys are trying to address the system that you're doing. Yep. Why are you doing it? I, I don't want to do it. I'm, I'm going to say this right here. This has been the most challenging. Yeah, I tell you, I wanted to quit. What keeps me going is these kids. That's great. And the reward of, of, of Mrs. Anderson yeah. saying, oh, my God, I don't know what I would have did without you. And I don't think we did a lot. To a Jair Martin who's going to Pepperdine, he says, grandmother. I would have never been able to handle all of these coaches coming at me if you guys wouldn't have gave me a formula. And I believe that's what I've been doing for the last 25 years because that's why I told him, would you come out and just go with me so I can show you what I do? That way you can use it whatever you want to do. That was athlete intelligence. I didn't realize this until five years ago when I looked back at all of these inflection points that I've been part of and said, well, how come I'm not telling these guys? And how are we not giving it to the younger athlete? Because if we don't, then stop complaining. Right. There's yep. a, right. Exactly. There's, it's a put up or shut up. Yes. Thing, an obligation. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say we gonna, it's going to work. Right. Yeah. But we try. Right. So, you sure you got the right partner in, in, in IBM. Uh, no Watson doubt. All yeah. Too, for sure. Over 100 years of right. business. And they're helping transform the you know, traditional business. And now another foray into sports. But we had to educate them. Yeah. Because they don't know anything about sports, which is why they are using tennis. And the winner of Wimbledon. Right. I said, if you can predict the winner of Wimbledon, maybe we can predict the student athlete being successful at a, at a school. Okay. Great All right. You've been listening to the Columbia University Sports Podcast. Scott Rosner, Joe Favorito, our special guest, Brian Jones. Did we get honorary doctors? Yeah, or something? system. Right. We also need your GPA. That's not going to work. Well, well, look like we're back to Oklahoma. Straight A's. Straight A's. But in all seriousness, we would love to have you on campus to talk about this, too. Sure. Absolutely. We've got a fertile ground to people to do it. Oh, Awesome. Uh, listening to the Columbia University Sports Podcast. <laughs> Scott, Scott Hauser, Joe Favorito. We'll see you next time.